Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts with John Stephenson. John understands the importance of being prepared. Through rain, rocks, and snow, he has seen it all and survived. He has seen major disasters like Mount St. Helens and how vehicles were stopped in the street from the volcanic ash. Earthquakes, too, including the Loma Prieta earthquake, which felt like it wouldn't stop shaking. People were without electricity and could not hardly buy groceries or gasoline. The homeless lit bonfires in the streets. The Bay Bridge and other freeways were broken. God only knows what will be next. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts by John Stephenson. We invite Jesus Christ to guide us as we examine how our preparations can be used to preserve the lives of ourselves, our family, and others. First aid is something every one of us understands that we need to have. But how much and what we have is always a question. Often we think we don't need very much because we can always go to the store and get some. But what if we can't? I think it's better to have some first aid items on hand. And I will go over my list in a moment. I, and I expect everyone's list to be different. But these are the areas that I think most commonly need to be addressed for first aid. Cuts, burns, intestinal issues, and discomfort or fever. For cuts, I say uh, get some gauze, medical tape, triple antibiotic ointment, and and I do mean lots of these things because they are all good, and so is medical tape. So all these things are very good. Get plenty of it. And then I like to have a little Swiss Army knife with scissors and tweezers. I like a small flashlight, too. That can be helpful. And if you're going to be doing a lot of walking, get a little moleskin for your feet in case you get a blister. For burns, uh, get some aloe vera burn gel or get some salve that is intended for burns. That's really the best. But burns initially are very painful, especially for children. So it's good to have some burn relief. For intestinal issues, you might need to settle someone's stomach or you might have to calm some vomiting or, or have an antidiarrheal problem. All these things happen, so always have some antidiarrheal tablets on hand. Sometimes you will also want to have an electrolyte mixture. Uh, I, I would su suggest a powder, which you mix with water or other liquid. And it helps to restore the body's mineral balance, and it's especially important for children. For discomfort and fever, it seems everybody has their own preference. Is it aspirin or ibuprofen or acetaminophen? So some are better than others for one thing or another, but people generally choose one or the other because that's what they want. So get some. And also get some antihistamine tablets and get paper and pencil because you will need to make notes on what you have done uh, so just so that you remember or in case there's another person coming in to carry on the treatment that you started. Don't rely on your memory, but instead write things down. So you do need that paper and pencil. And just a couple of other items you might want to consider are exam gloves, soap, sanitizer, water in a very small amount uh, to wash a wound out, or, or, or um, a, a toothbrush is good. That'll help a person to feel better. Dental floss also. And those are just good things to have. That's the short list. You sort of can do whatever you want, add things to it, take it things away. But the point is, is make a list and then fill it and have it on hand. If you want a, 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 a kit you can carry with you, just take a few of those items. But you should have all those things in your home kit. Another thing is band-aids are very nice for children because it, it shows that you ca you're caring for their hurt and it shows compassion. So add to this whatever you want because everybody has their own needs and know how to use whatever you have. Start your preparations now before there's an urgent need and what you want is hard to find. As for today, give thanks to God for the blessings that you do have. This is episode 47. Your letters with questions or donations are important. John Stephenson, 
P.O. Box 7222, Chico, California, 95927. Email prepareforgod at usa.com or call 628-7222. Thank you for listening to Preparedness Thoughts on KKXX. I save your God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Settle up your horses. Welcome to Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. This is the program that proclaims liberty to the captives of our beloved nation, where truth trumps political correctness, where the uncompromised word of God exposes the works of darkness and sets free those held hostage behind the iron curtain of a shamelessly biased media. For God has called us to stand for truth, and having done all to stand, we will stand. It's time to fight the good fight of faith to preserve our country, our families, fortunes, and sacred honor to protect our property, our schools, and yes, maybe even salvage some of our churches. America, we have a trail to blaze. It's time to saddle up. It's time to ride. Now, here is your host of Red Sky Radio, Rob Walter. Well, hello, America, and welcome to the world. This is Red Sky Radio, where we ride hard for the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you all. Uh, folks, we have such a packed program today. I can, I'm can i looking at my material, and I've got three hours of, of material here that needs to be covered. I can't do it all in 56 minutes. Some of it's going to get pushed to the side. Some of it's going to get pushed to next week. Some of I don't I don't know. Um, I, I don't know how to handle almost everything that's going on, but I do not want to stray from my promise that I've made to everyone, that I will start with good news. I will do my best to end with good news. In between, you simply hang on because the truth sometimes is a is unnerving. It, it can be rattling, but it's not there, and I'm not giving it to rattle anyone. But when I give you the truth, it is to warn people so that when things come their way, it is not a surprise, and to uh, to be of a cheerful heart. We are we are on the side that wins, regardless of though it seems that we are walking through a valley of the shadow of death. But we will not fear. The Lord's rod and his staff comforts us. But I want to get rolling here because I've got so much to cover. Uh, but before I do, I just want to say, if you want to comment on something, uh, you can reach me, info at redskyradio.net. Info at redskyradio.net. First piece of good news, this program just continues to expand almost exponentially. I give God all the glory. Nothing seems to have changed in what I've been saying. It just seems as though maybe the time has become ripe for receiving what this program disseminates. But anyway, I thank God for that. Number two is, uh, and we move right off from, (laughs) let's say, move off from the heavenly to the natural here for a minute. Um, I am thrilled that since the State of the Union address, which we covered last week in detail, and for which there was great response to that program, I, I appreciate that response, and for which I would like to cover, not on this program, but in a future program, the alleged Green New Deal, if it requires any coverage, maybe it does not. I'm waiting to see if this apple is going to really ripen and if I should pick it and then uh, not to eat, but pick it to dissect and go into. I don't want to jump ahead into needless things that because the left is always throwing up trial balloons all over the place. And I'm not sure I need to go there yet. Anyway, though, launching with good news, since the State of the Union address, Donald Trump's approval ratings, and gosh, does the media hate this? Oh, they hate this, is up nine points 
in 10 days. Up nine, He's up to 52%. He is not short. He's not that far short of Barack Hussein at his absolute peak, which basically was his inauguration, which everybody kind of fell down like they did before Nebuchadnezzar, like he was a god or something. And that's the way people treated him and regarded him. But I'm thrilled about that. Next item of good news is Trump's willingness, as 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 least as of today that we're doing this program, apparently to come out and by executive order find a way to fund the border wall. We need the wall. He needs to do it. He is getting pushed so hard from those without and from within, meaning outside. Uh, the Democrats and the and the media, which are pretty much the same thing, and from within, many within the Republican Party who are fearing for their own skin, thinking that they're going to go down the tube if somehow they don't placate the Democrats and compromise on this critical issue. He's getting pressure all over the place. So you want to pray for this president uh, like you've never prayed for any president before. But he is contemplating an executive order to fund the wall. Now, people say, we don't have the $5 billion, we don't have the $5 billion, blah, 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 blah. We just got done as a federal government spending $3.5 billion. All right, so what is that? That's what, uh, uh, 70% of $5 billion? I'm doing quick math here. More. We just got done spending $3.5 billion on a boondoggle called a bullet train from central California to southern California through the Central Valley, which isn't happening. So we can kiss away $3.5 billion under some Democrat stupidity of Jerry Brown's and all Jerry Brown's and all of his fellow travelers and the Democrat-controlled uh, Assembly and Senate in California but we can't find $5 billion to protect the lives and the security and the jobs and the culture and the values and the faith of the United States with a southern border wall. That's why I call them Democrats, folks. They are from the pit of hell. They're sort of like hell lit on fire. And that's exactly what this crowd of candidates are turning into. So you're going to, you're going to hear me say this probably numerous times between now and 2020. But as I said back before the last presidential election, that the evil of Obama aroused so many good candidates to fight that evil, such as uh, good, righteous men, uh, uh, Ben Carson, who was my first choice out of the gate. Eh, He kind of slipped and faded, and I moved around. It took me a long time to get to Trump, but I got to him, and I got to him with full gusto, full forward speed when it came there. But but, but Carson, uh, Mike Huckabee, Marco Rubio, Scott Walker, I mean, you kind of go down the line. Look at all of the good and righteous men that arose in mass to respond to the evil of Barack Obama. In a similar fashion, but for different cause, we are seeing the rightness, I'm not going to say the righteousness of Trump. I don't know where he stands in his heart in relationship to Jesus Christ. I don't. I know what he says. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'll believe the best. But I do know he's doing righteous things. He's doing right things. And it's the rightness of what Trump is is doing that is producing the abundance the plethora, the uh, crowd of Democrats to emerge to fight against that which is right. This hatred of righteousness and doing right things has lit a bigger flame in hell than what you have ever seen before in American politics. I realize Hell's already on fire, right? But if hell were a campfire, which it is not, but if it were a campfire, these Democrats that have emerged are as Satan's throwing gasoline on that campfire, the hatred, the vitriol, 
is beyond belief. Maybe they don't want to show their teeth because they're green and slimy. I don't know what it is. They can't smile unless they're high-fiving each other over some wicked deed. This is where we are. This is what actually Trump has produced, and we're going to have a choice of choosing that which is good versus that which is evil. And Book of Joshua says God's given you a choice between life and death. Choose life. That tells you where God is on abortion, right? Choose life, not death. Well, actually, I'm not done with the good news. Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty fame, and I don't know how many people getting this program overseas uh, have heard of Phil Robertson or get Duck Dynasty. But if you get the internet, Google Phil Robertson, and you will get, you will get little snippets of videos from this old, old hippie who got saved, who came to faith in Jesus Christ about 50 years ago, but he kept the beard and he kept the long hair. He has come out with a book, uh, which I, I hope is a bestseller. Not, and, and I hope that because he's not doing this for money. He's doing this is because of his grave and serious concern uh, for the future of the United States, which is a concern that is due and appropriate. Uh, the book is called The Theft of America's Soul. And Robertson had explained that he was inspired to write the book after witnessing how prevalent the issues of drug addiction, sexually transmitted disease, is just kind of go to a breakout of all that's evil because he fears the United States, as it backs off from its Judeo-Christian principles, is going to one day uh, just be dissolved by God because it's no longer the country that it used to be. It no longer stands for the right way. It stands for the wrong way. And if wickedness is allowed to be expanded by the United States into other countries, such as India and Russia and Pakistan and Thailand and Ireland and all the countries where there are people listening here and are looking for, looking for a bright light, something to lead them and their country coming out of the United States, the worst thing God could do, in my opinion, not that God needs my advice, but it seems like the worst thing he could do would be to allow this country to grow in wickedness and grow in its negative influence as Barack Obama attempted to do by exporting sin, have that influence the rest of the world, and become a sad and sorry lament in the hearts of Christians all over the world, like I said, from India and Nepal, and Pakistan, and all the places where we have people listening, China as of late, and Ireland, and the UK, and Germany, to have the Christians in those countries be disheartened by a failure of the United States to continue on in its mission as designated by God. You see, the United States' greatest export was never its soldiers, it was never its military hardware. It's never, it was never democracy. It was never capitalism. No, it has been the gospel, which will, in, once it takes root and comes up, will produce military strength where it's necessary, will produce prosperity. It will produce those things as a good seed planted that will bring forth uh, a harvest 30, 60, and 100-fold, it will do that. We ceased being the greatest exporting nation of the gospel. And to just stop would be one thing, but to have replaced it under an increasing abundance of evil under Barack Hussein. And now we have Donald Trump doing his absolute best to reverse this. It's why all the Democrats hate him so much. It's why everybody and their brother is rising up to run against him because they're so passionate in their vitriol, vindictiveness, and venom that they want to knock off somebody sent by God. It's like the Blues Brothers. I mean, Trump might as well have said that, like Jake and Elwood Blues, if you remember that movie. We're here on a mission from God. Well, I don't know that he takes it to that degree, but God is using him, as it says in the book of Proverbs, the Lord will turn the hearts of the king like rivers of water, 
whithersoever he so desires. There is a sovereignty with our God to turn hearts of individuals, whether they like it or not, whether it is Pharaoh on the left or whether it is Trump doing something on the right, whether it is some maniacal uh, dictator on the left or whether God will use somebody who might not know him on the right, such as Cyrus, who is the king of Persia, now current-day Iran. Where I might add, we actually have people listening to this program. So anyway, ten things. I'll summarize. I'm going to summarize real quickly, and I got to move on. I am. I, I've got. I need now. I still need three hours to cover all this. These are the ten points. I'll sum it up quickly of this book and why you need to get it and read it. These are the ten lies being used by the enemy to destroy America, according. To Phil Robertson. Number one, God is dead. That's what the lie. Number two, lie, there is no devil. Number three, lie, truth is relative. Number four, God did not create life. Number five, sex is for self gratification. Six, virtue is outdated. Seven, laws can be ignored or changed if they are inconvenient. Eight, unity is not possible. Nine, Church participation and day-to-day life should be kept separate. And 10, Christians should shut their traps. Those are the 10 lies being sold by the devil, according to Phil Robertson. The last two, church participation and day-to-day life should be kept separate, and Christians should shut their traps, is specifically the message of Cory Booker, who is pimping for the presidency. I mean, I, if I get to it, I was going to get to it last week. I don't know if I'm going to get to it this week. It is unbelievable. This guy is so wrapped up in queerdom. He's so wrapped up in sexual debauchery and trying to defend homosexuality. The guy must be queer as a $3 bill. That's all I can figure out because he is on a rampage and a rant against anyone who dares to raise a voice for the biblical position and uh, purposes of procreation and sexuality. He hates Christians. Hates them. I mean, there, there is no place in between for this guy. And if we get time to it, I will come back to it. I just got other stuff I got to get to. But trust me, Cory Booker is not going away as he pimps for presidency while Kamala Harris prostitutes for the presidency. And you move down to Elizabeth Warren, who is, the, that's the brain-dead candidate. What she... I don't know what she's doing uh, with the candidates. I mean, I'm waiting for Nancy Pelosi to now come out and run for presidency or uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez decide that she's had enough of the House of Representatives. Uh, of course, she can't run for president. She's too she's too young, but she doesn't have the brains to even know that. So she might stupidly and foolishly, like she has done so many times, shoot her mouth off and announce a candidacy, candidacy for presidency, not knowing the Constitution, which she does not that she's too young. So where are those? Where are the Pelosi's and the, and the Casio-Cortez's when it comes to uh, all of the great matters that need to be discerned and debated in this country? I'll tell you where they are. They're in a line somewhere waiting for a brain donor. That's where those girls are, as are some guys. Okay, some people want to know, why do you want to get out of California? Well, you know what? I do not have time to list the 72 reasons. But here's another one. But this one is what Satan has done for evil. I think there's an opportunity to do for good. So wherever you are listening to this program and you see Satan move and work with manifest evil, meaning open and obvious evil, you don't have to see like it was in the old movie from way back, The Exorcist, the girl's head spinning around, and then green vomit coming out of her mouth. You don't have to see all that to know that they're demon-possessed, that they're on a mission from Satan as opposed to a mission from God. But when you see those things, as you do in all of the countries that you are listening to this program in, including, of course, the United States, that there are times when these things rise up that you wonder, God, why are you allowing this? I don't know how many times I have said this to God. God, why are you allowing this? Why? 
and then time will reveal why he has allowed it. Because when the enemy rises up against us, there are times when the Lord will use this manifestation of evil, this Satan coming out of the closet, to then use that event to do something greater and good than the evil that the enemy intended. So you've got the spiritual point. It's from the book of Genesis. It actually came from the mouth of Joshua, but originated by inspiration from God that that which, has been, which was intended to cause evil, God will use for good. And the good that God will do is greater than the evil that Satan intended. Such is the case with something that is of great concern on its own, but I see the potential. And I want to share something with you that if, if well, let me get to the point. I, I, let me lay it out first, and I'm going to give anybody who is in political office listening to this program or is thinking about running for political office something I really, truly believe God has given me. I don't say that with any boast. I say it with great humility. When Rob Walter gives a prediction based on Rob Walter, you can rest assured I'm going to be wrong most of the time. But there are, few, there are those times when I know that I know that I know God has given me something. And at that point, woe is me if I don't share it because it's not for my private use, my personal consumption. It's to share and pass along to others. I don't get to, it's, the pizza isn't given to me to eat. The pizza is given to me to deliver. I'm the pizza delivery man, okay? So here it is, and I'm just using this as an example of that spiritual point and principle. The Los Angeles, California City Council passed a law this last week requiring companies that want a contract with the city of Los Angeles to disclose openly so everybody can see whether they have any ties or connection to the National Rifle Association. Now, for those of you who know American history, which I might add, I'm amazed at how many people from another country know American history better than a lot of Americans do. So God bless you people who study American history elsewhere to learn what we did right, but listen to this program to help sure and avoid not doing that which is wrong. So City Councilman Mitch Farrell said he sought the ordinance in the wake of the shootings because he says the NRA has been a roadblock to gun safety reform for decades. First of all, I stop the quote. That's a lie. How many mass shooters, how many mass shooters in the United States have been NRA members, members of the National Rifle Association? If you see a goose egg popping up in your head, you're absolutely right. Zero. Now, most, many are not going to like this in foreign countries. Most of them have been Muslims. A lot of them. Way, way disproportionate number of assassins and mass murderers in this country have been Muslims who yell out whatever they yell out to supposedly advance the cause of Islam. And those, need, those people need to be gunned down on the scene, shot on the scene. Sorry, we don't need that evil to spread. If they're killing people, we need to kill them. Pure and simple. It's biblical. Don't give me Old Testament. Don't give me New Testament. There's just one testament when it comes with how to deal with civil disobedience that is contrary to the Word of God. Attorney Chuck Michael calls this move modern-day McCarthyism because it would force NRA supporters to drop their memberships for fear of losing their livelihoods. I'm quoting him. Now, that's absolutely true. See, McCarthy, back in the uh, back in the 50s, McCarthyism uh, was, was what's the word, implemented to expose actors who had ties to communism in Hollywood. And so they had the hearings about, who, are you a communist? And the whole idea was to drive communism out of Hollywood by shaming those people who did, in fact, like communism or were communists. This is McCarthyism all over again. To shame people out of a Second Amendment right to get a stupid contract with a stupid and evil city of Los Angeles? Okay, so you're asking, Rob, where is the shining light in all of this? 
Where is this revelatory idea that God supposedly gave you to share and inspire any political person anywhere in the world where you have the authority to do something like this or the opportunity? Don't you take this and don't think, please, please don't think that the reason to not do it is because it won't pass. I have run for political office knowing I can't win. But I was there as a messenger. I was there to speak the word of God into the population with a purpose. If for no other reason, and ultimately, if in fact judgment comes, the people are now held accountable. God's not going to hold people accountable who don't know his word. So this is what you need to do. If you are on the city council of in Des Moines, Iowa, or Marion, Indiana, or Placerville, California, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, or as a chef, what's his name said, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I can't quite say that, right? But anyway, how those guys down there say it. Or Charlottesville, Virginia. It doesn't matter where you are, and whether, you have, whether you're on a city council or a state legislature or whatever it is, and you think you're, you, this will never fly, I want you to stick your neck out and do something to point out uh, the hypocrisy of the left, but more importantly, to do something that's great. And this is what it would be. I would want you to introduce legislation that would require that your town, your city, your county, your state will no longer, or no, let's just no, not no longer, just say that there will no longer be a contract with your town, city, county, or state with any organization that does not reveal its ties to Planned Parenthood, that will not reveal its ties to the National Abortion Rights Action League, to not reveal its ties to a host of other baby-killing, God-hating organizations. You see, the devil came up with this idea, But let God use it for good. You be the tool God uses for good to share this and introduce an idea that will go far beyond the hypocrisy of the left in Los Angeles. But you do it to bring forth a good that is greater than the evil that they they intend to do. Look, those corporations, those businesses can just simply say, hey, We as a business don't have any ties. Then the guy or the gal who owns the business on their own time, in their own name, and in their own money writes a check to the NRA for $50,000. God bless you guys. Keep doing it. But to shame them, do this. Raise that. We are not going to give any contracts to any company that will not disclose its ties to National Abortion Rights Action League Plan, non-parenthood, and all the other pro-aborts that are out there. Do it. Time is short, and here is why time is short. This country is being ripped apart. Is there hope? Of course, there's always hope if we turn back to righteousness. If not, then we are going to be judged. I was sent a map the other day from a party, and I thought that this so well explained what is happening, what has happened, and what will continue to happen in the United States, in our severance, in our splitting, in our secession, if we don't get it right. I'll share it with you when we return. This is Rob Walder with Red Sky Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter is a listener-supported program. Please know that 100% of your contribution goes to pay for airtime so that as many people as possible are able to hear that the Word of God has answers to every meaningful problem and issue in life. No one gets paid a salary at Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter, but in response to your support, we pledge to bring you the most timely and critical information you need to help make informed decisions in this age of media bias and a growing hostility to all things Christian. Your partnership makes you one of the watchmen on the wall with us, as described in the book of Ezekiel. Please send your support to Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. 
This is Rob Walter. We are back with Red Sky Radio. Okay, before the break, I had mentioned to you there's a map that a friend sent to me, which is what the United States is becoming and will be. So if you have a map in front of you, the United States, just imagine this. On the far left side of the country, otherwise known as Washington, Oregon, and California, that will be renamed West Venezuela. Minnesota is going to be New Somalia. Austin, Texas will simply be the People's Republic of Austin. The northern half of Illinois will be Gangsterland. And the East Coast, predominant part of the East Coast, will be known as East Venezuela. Because that's what the Democrats are up to, right? Turn this into Venezuela, a socialistic wasteland, so that they can amass more power and more wealth. Look at all the Democrats that are in power who, who have never earned more than 200000 a year. I'm not saying 200000 is small, but, but earning 200000 a year is not the way you become a mega, mega multimillionaire. But these people all are. Hillary, Bill Clinton... I mean, I, I, I could go right, Barack Obama. They've never had high-paying jobs. So why are they worth a gazillion dollars? Because they've used the government to feather their cap, to fill their pockets. And I don't want to go any further than that because we got to get going. And I'm not going to suggest that all the evil comes from those who call themselves Democrats. We have evil on the so-called right. They're not on the right. There are those who are really on the left who fake it to be on the right. They're looking for a beachhead, looking to uh, find their way deeper into the annals of conservative thought and biblical thought so that they can become an infectious disease and metastasize their own personal left-wing cancer inside of a Republican Party. Case in point, John Roberts. All right, John Roberts, appointed by George Bush. Supposedly a conservative, fake, fake conservative, who last week was the deciding vote in striking down a Louisiana law that required that if abortionists were going to continue killing innocent, unborn uh, human life, they had to have operating privileges, hospital privileges with a hospital. So if something went wrong, they could actually go to that hospital and then do what's necessary. Very responsible, very reasonable legislation because it was geared at actually trying to save the life of the mother who's forced into one way or another, feeling guilty and, and decides that she needs to execute her innocent unborn child. It's to save her life from some butching, butchering barbarian who has DR in front of his name, who blows the abortion. The whole thing is designed to help save women's lives from butching, butchering barbarians who blow an abortion. But you see, the left wing, the pro-aborts can't stand anything that shines a light under their filthy, stinking refrigerator. And you see the mouse turds and the rat turds and the stale bread and the spiders and all the crud that shows up under your refrigerator is what they're trying to hide. So they got to oppose anything and everything, no matter how reasonable it is. In this case, to help the woman who's having the abortion live no sense in having two die. You got one dead already. Why have two dead? Robert strikes that law because there's somehow apparently this thought it's going to infringe on your right to slaughter your innocent unborn. Here's another, and, and he is supposedly a conservative. He's an infectious disease in the ranks of the so-called right, there to destroy the right like a termite just chomping and eating away at the core and the principles of biblical conservatism day and night to bring it to its knees. Hey, here's another idea. Let's start getting T-shirts. I think this is a great idea. Let's get T-shirts that say, 
make unborn babies great again. How'd that one be? Or make unborn babies live again. Or not live again because you don't bring them back to life. But something like that. I don't know. Hey, use what the left is doing for evil to bring about something good. Now, we got almost half a program left. I hope that you've been with me this whole time because this next part is very, very important. Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to get to half of what I plan to get to, but I need to get to what is most important for right now, and I need to bring up something that is that could be the death knell of this country, but it is being um, pushed, advocated by the left in a manner that's disastrous, and it comes down to the mainstreaming, the popularization of Jews, of Jew-hating, of hating Jews. Yeah, you know who I'm, who I'm talking about. Every single one of these are Democrats. There is no more Jew-hating party of the United States than Democrats. The Jew, the Democrats hate Jews more than the than the Ku Klux Klan. I mean, maybe that's a stretch, but not but not much of a stretch because the Ku Klux Klan gets no press, they get no pats on the back, they don't get any coverage from the media extolling the virtues of the KKK. But the Democrats do, and they hate Jews. Listen, I mean, if you have paid any attention to the news of this Ilhan Omar, a Democrat from Minnesota, the 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 uh, Republic of Somalia, there who we just have let in a bunch of whacked out Somalians who hate Jews. They love Islam. They hate Christians. They hate Jews. What the heck are you doing here? Take your burqa off and beat it back to Somalia, babe. You do not belong here. She's going on this rant. She's, and I got to tell you right now, I will not any longer use the term anti-Semitism. I'm going to take the varnish off the term and call it for what it is, Jew hater. And Jew, an anti-Semite is a Jew hater. Anti-Semitism is Jew hating. You hate Israel. You hate Jews, just like you hate Christians. But Ilhan Omar is coming after the Jews first in the United States. And mind you, at the propagation rates of Muslims in the United States, they will soon exceed the number of Jews in the United States. Fact of the matter is, not all, I don't think all Muslims hate Jews. But there are Muslims that aren't very good Muslims, meaning they do not know the Koran. And to them, I commend them. I commend you if you are a cultural Muslim, but not a, a um, what, what do I call it here? A, uh, a religious Muslim in the sense that you actually don't follow the Koran, which calls for taking out the infidels, otherwise known as Jews and Christians. Sorry. You know, this is, this is a fighting point in the United States. It's a point over which I would encourage every American to be armed, be trained, know your guns, have lots of ammo. Because if it breaks into civil war at any level, you need to be able to defend yourself, your family, your property, your assets, and your crops. We have no place in this world for the Jew haters like Alexandria Casa or Cortez, the Jew hater who got elected out of Michigan, and Ilhan Omar from Minnesota. Why do they get away with this? Look, Christians don't come into Muslim countries and say, look, you Muslims, blah, 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 blah. You know what? We're on your turf. You do what you want to do. If you if you hate Christianity, you can hate Christianity in your country. But don't bring it here and hate it, because we're going to have to defend ourselves with guns. Ultimately, that's what we have to do. Forget the courts. Courts are worthless. The courts will bend over because every judge is afraid that if he doesn't rule the way that he's supposed to, he's going to get taken out. Listen to this woman. Listen to this Jew hater. 
Here's a ta- here's a, a a a tweet from her. Israel has hypnotized the world. May Allah awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. May Allah awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. Here's my tweet, Ilhan Omar. May God, Lord God Almighty, awaken the people of Minnesota to help them not see the evil doings of Ilhan Omar and your colleagues. She supports the Jew-hating boycott, divestment, the BDS movement. She said she recently tweeted that Israel cannot be a democracy and a Jewish state. Why not? Well, I look. <laughs> this is interesting. She's coming from a country which is not a democracy. She might be correct. You can't be a democracy and be a monolithic uh uh what? A, a, a monolithic religion in a in a, that is uh exercises its authority in state matters and be a democracy because you'd have the right to vote it out. She's actually correct. I'm not I'm not I'm not on her for being incorrect. I'm just I'm on her for being hypocritical because she comes from a Muslim country where there is no democracy and would Islam continue if there was a true open free Elections where your votes were private, you could vote and your votes were private, and you could vote out some uh, Ayatollah, whoever, and get rid of them. Would Iran be a Islamic-controlled country if you really, truly had free elections? So what she is saying is actually correct. Maybe you can't be a democracy and a Jewish state as a state religion, but Israel does not have a state religion of Judaism. It does not. Israel's doing a whole bunch of things that are wrong, which a good Muslim should actually object to. Look, you shouldn't have queer this and queer that. You shouldn't be able to abort your children. You shouldn't have transgenders in the military. Muslims, Islam correctly, I might add, condemns those things. And if Israel were a true Jewish state, it would condemn those things. Because it's made up primarily of Jews doesn't make it a Jewish state. It's only Jewish in a, a Jewish state if the Judaism is what rules from the Knesset or from its rightful capital, Jerusalem. Okay? So she's right. She's actually right when she said Israel can't be a democracy and a Jewish state. It can't be, but it isn't a Jewish state. It isn't a Judaistic-run government. It just happens to be populated more with Jews. And I might add the fact that they have democracy. What, what country in the Middle East has a lot of Muslims that is a democracy? Eh, that's the buzzer going off saying zero. In Israel, you actually can vote. And there are Muslims in the Knesset. They actually have a voice. Israel is doing that which is right culturally, not what is wrong. Goodness sakes. Well, you know what? This is, this, this is an issue that is only going to grow in this country, and it is of huge and enormous concern to me. At all levels, I mean, there are, and the persecution that will will ultimately arise in the United States for those who support Israel is simply a coming factor. Now, in the time I have left, I've got to say some things that need to be said. This is hard, but it's true, and if it's true, it's good news. So consider this the good news end for the next 12 minutes of this program. The Bible says that those who bless the nation of Israel will be blessed. It says that in the book of Genesis. Does Israel do everything right? No. Israel does a ton of things wrong. But Scripture goes on to state that God will, in the future, now in the present, and throughout all of history, 
has punished Israel for its disobedience. And its disobedience has been horrific and horrendous. Its disobedience at times has been worse than all the the evil nations that surrounded it and the evil nations and people that got put out when Israel occupied the land thousands of years ago. But here's the point that absolutely must be understood. We have an obligation to bless them. It is not our job to punish them or discipline them. That is God's job. And he does a great job of it. It is not Ilhan Omar's job to punish Israel. We can disagree with Israel when they're doing something wrong. I would have no problem as a president going to Israel and saying, look, we're going to quit sending money to your military until you get the transgenders out of your military, or we're going to reduce it. There is no set amount we have to pay or not pay. We can be a positive influence through our aid to Israel to encourage them in a manner which would be more fitting of a biblical perspective of how a nation should be run. And as I said, on some of these issues, Islamic countries are closer to the truth than is Israel and the United States. I say that to the shame of institutional Christianity and institutional Judaism, which is not real Christianity, and it's not real Judaism. It says in the Bible, to touch not the apple of his eye, Israel. No, 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 no. Look, this country, United States, has done an enormous amount of things wrong. We are doing more things wrong as a people, even though Donald Trump is doing everything possible, whether he knows it or not, to take us down a track to the right, down a biblical track of supporting Israel. Look, he named Jerusalem as the capital, Yerushalayim. That is exactly what should have been done, and he did it. He had the guts when nobody else had the guts to do it. He is... is, doing things right in this country. He's an advocate for for life. He's an advocate for internal security and peace at home and strength abroad. I can't find anything the guy has really done wrong other than being tempted to compromise. But we as a people, reflecting by the last election, putting a majority of Democrats in the House of Representatives who hate, apparently, babies in the womb, who hate people who uh, don't support sodomy, people who hate the Second Amendment. They hate everything good and godly. They are a majority. So notwithstanding what Donald Trump is trying to do, you can see where the majority of the people seem to be voting. The only thing, and I mean the only thing, that continues to hold this country together is the fact that we continue to bless the nation of Israel, notwithstanding our other sins, because it says, I will bless those that bless them. Now, here's the sad result. Every single church denomination in the United States, every single so-called denomination, which is frankly a fake denomination, of Christianity, in my opinion, started down a path of being pro-abortion. Now they're pro-queer, pro-sodomy, pro-queer, queer everything, LGBT, QRSTUVWXYZ. They keep adding initials to add to the debauchery. Every single one of those marched down that dark path first, first, before they got to the boycott and divestiture movement and sanctions, that's the S for BDS, against Israel. They went down the dark path of sin and evil on all those social issues before they finally ended up at their tombstone, and that was hating Israel. And the hating of Israel, God can wink a bit for a short time at some of these other things based upon ignorance. He does not wink at hating Israel. Every single nation that has risen up against the nation of Israel was toasted in the past, was whether recent past, whether it's Germany, or whether you go back to Edom and Moab and, and the Ammonites and all those which uh, got their just desserts, and they will in the future. And when the United States turns against the Israel, it's the end of the United States. 
We're an also-ran country. See, we cannot, there's a lot of things that will save us, but we can't be saved when we arrive at that point. And here's the humbling thing. 35 years ago, I heard a great Christian, a a Romanian Jew, lived under communism under Romania, and he became a Christian. I listened to this man in a lecture hall in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he spoke of all of the abuses, all the abuses. Now listen to this, particularly those in other countries. All the abuses he suffered for being a Christian in a country that hated Christianity, a country that was Christophobic, hated Jesus, Biblophobic, hated the Bible, Elohimophobic and El Shaddaiophobic, hated God Almighty. In those nations, he suffered in prison for over a decade. I listened to him talk about the torture. I listened to him being hungry and cold and wet and curled up in a fetal position trying to get to sleep in this prison when the Romanian Christian-hating guards would open up a little door and let in starving rats so that they could nibble on his earlobes and his nose and all the places of soft tissue while he's fighting to get to sleep when he was already sleep-deprived. I listened to these atrocities. And then when he took a question and answer, had a question and answer session, a young girl or young woman, she said, Mr. Wormbrand, Richard Wormbrand is his name, Mr. Wormbrand, who wrote the book Tortured for Christ, Mr. Wormbrand, when you were in that prison cell, what did you pray for? Now, I want to tell you, and this is a reflection of my immaturity at that point. I was angry at that woman. I thought, you knucklehead girl, you, my goodness sakes, this guy has just gotten done for 45 minutes describing the torture he went through, and you're asking him what he's praying for? What a lame question. Obviously, he wants to get out. Then, Richard Wormbrand, to my chagrin, to my embarrassment, to my humiliation, reflecting my short fuse and my immature view of true Christian service, gave me an answer that I will never, ever forget. He said, every single day that I'm in this cell, the absolute first thing I pray for before I prayed for my wife, my children, or myself, I prayed for the United States of America because I knew that the biggest friend to Christianity worldwide was the United States of America, that their biggest export was the United States of America. While I hoped that and believed that someday God may deliver me, KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Val Dior. From victim to suspect, now the Chicago PD officially considering actor Jesse Smollett a suspect for filing a false police report claiming that he was attacked by two white Trump supporters in Chicago last month. Also, a video has been released of the two brothers accused in the alleged setup at a store buying the materials that were used. Meanwhile, President Trump rushing aside a broadcast speculation of criminal conduct in his administration, as stated by the fired former FBI director, Andrew McCabe. He's a, uh, I think he's a disaster. And what he was trying to do was terrible, and he was caught. I'm very proud to say we caught him. So we'll see what happens. But he, uh, 
He is a disgraced man. The president speaking this afternoon at the White House. McCabe said in an interview that aired Sunday that a crime may have been committed when Trump fired the head of the FBI and tried to publicly undermine an investigation into his supposed campaign ties to Russia. Will El Chapo skate again? Well, a report of juror misconduct in his case is raising questions about the conviction of the Mexican drug lord in Brooklyn. Defense attorney Eduardo Balareso says if the charges made in a Vice News article about the El Chapo jury are true, it's clear his client did not get a fair trial. A vice correspondent quotes a juror as saying several members of the panel routinely ignored the judge's admonishment to ignore news coverage of the case. They avidly read coverage on Twitter. Jurors' identities were kept secret. They were brought to and from home every day under heavy security. Balareso did not say whether the defense would seek a new trial. Joaquin Guzman.